President Biden has authorized calling up to 3,000 reservists to augment U.S. forces in Europe. But the move comes as the military says it's struggling to recruit enough troops to the active duty ranks. So what's going on? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. The president. Executive order authorized the Secretary of Defense and Secretary of Homeland Security to call members of the Selected Reserve and Individual Ready Reserve to active duty for the effective conduct of Operation Atlantic Resolve in and around the United States European Command's area of responsibility. The order follows Russia's invasion of Ukraine, entering a new phase of unpredictability. For more, we're joined by Rico Danielson, a U.S. Army vet. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for joining me. Absolutely. So reservists will deploy for a Europe-NATO mission. For people who may not understand, what is the president's order authorizing? Absolutely. So the president uh, had uh, initiated an order to send up reservists and also active duty components of the 82nd Airborne and thereof. So what this means to the warfighter itself is they're going to take components of BCT, which is combat readiness groups and also combat uh, uh, missions and mission focus and also troops that are ready who've been in the combat multiple times. They're going to deploy them and also alongside with special operations as well. The other part is the reserve component of that is to replenish them on the battlefield. As they go into these war-torn areas, they're going to need bread, beans, and bullets, and also to be in the warfighting mentality as well. And this is just part of the, the warfare methodology doctrine that we deploy not only in Iraq and Afghanistan. Now, how has Russia's war with Ukraine prompted the U.S. to beef up its presence in Europe? Yeah, so Russia is, is just kind of almost a little bit dominating the warfighter space over there. Unfortunately, Ukraine, we've given them multiple billions of dollars and also ammunition, along with different tanks and equipment. At the end of the day, you need people, you need soldiers to go in there and actually use those different tools and fights. So what we're starting to see the attrition of war here. On Russia's side, we're starting to see they have people, they have the armament, they have the equipment. On, on the Ukraine side, is they're starting to dwindle a little bit. And what we're starting to do is actually replenish them, not only with equipment, red beans and bullets, but also people as well. Now, with that, President Biden has approved cluster munitions. Now, this is a point of controversy, depending on who you ask. Can you explain what exactly are cluster bombs? Yes. So a cluster bomb is an aerial attack that is dropped from an airplane with multiple munitions at one area. And the idea is to disperse multiple bombs at one time and blow them up at a certain level above the ground. And the idea is to eliminate the target of the of the target, the enemy target, and also their area, their aerial operation, and also uh, their equipment as well. The problem with this type of uh, cluster bomb or thereof is that um, it's very indiscriminate and you have to, have to be very precise in where you lay these targets down. Sometimes these bombs don't go off and that leaves this l massive land area that is non-usable. You have to quarantine it off for a future state and people get hurt un unintentionally. And on top of that, without lazing the correct target, you're going to more than likely destroy certain parts of the region, homes, cities, and, and possibly even kill people indiscriminately by accident. So are these more of a detriment than potentially what they're worth? 
Sometimes it is. It depends how the cluster bomb is used. More than likely, um, you know, we've seen it being used quite a bit in regards to the battlefield, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, how it actually sways certain battles in a positive direction, and they're used very correctly. If they're being used by the wrong adversary or the wrong type of methodology and means and also not following the proper procedure, it may have more of a holistic, uh, bigger effect, negative Now, it's summertime in Europe and quite warm. Where do things stand on the battlefield and the Ukraine-Russian war? Absolutely. So this is a very high uh, operational tempo right now. It is fighting season. So that means everyone and their mother is probably out there fighting. Um, They're trying to get all the fighting they can before the winter comes. Uh, So we're probably going to see more land maneuvers, more land grabs, combat, possibly even more airstrikes, air drone strikes, and more precision striking in regards to see what they can do to gain the battlefield forward and push Russia back to where it belongs. Do you think ultimately that this conflict will continue via land, air, and sea? I do. I think the conflict is going to continue via land, air, and sea, more specifically on the land side. Um, as, as the United States continues to support Ukraine, uh, we'll start seeing more of a, a land grab and a more land push on multiple flanks to uh, kind of couple the, uh, the, Russian, um, the Russian country and also the Russian warfighter back to the, where they belong. Um, now, the air, without a doubt, I, we've already seen multiple drone strikes and also different Ukraine soldiers using drones to uh, gain that much more traction, gain that much more progress on the battlefield. So without a doubt, I definitely see this progressing for the next couple of years. Now you are a veteran. Have you seen combat? Yes, I have on Iraq and Afghanistan. And now, of course, you know, we are seeing a lot of pledges from different leaders saying that they will continue to help in terms of any financial, humanitarian or military aid. Obviously, in a way, this could continue on and on and on. Potentially, I don't know, could it become a vacuum? I mean, what do you see happening in this conflict? Is is this just something that will continue on or, you know, could it come to an end anytime soon? So we can only hope that war comes to an end. We don't want to see anybody at war, let alone the United States, does not want to be at war. This is the last answer. Violence is the last answer. However, the United States has become very proficient at war and also the warfire violence. So we're really good at that. Um, I hope that a lot of people can come to realization that this is in a civil matter as much as it can be, where two countries need to come together and compromise on each other's um, you know, missions and all, also each other's objectives. Um, even though we have other external organizations, people, bigger politicians pledging certain amounts of money, at the end of the day, we would not want to see war uh, continue for the next 10 years. It just doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help that specific type of region. Now, recently, the Army, the Air Force, and the Navy said they all expect that they will miss their 2023 recruiting goals. What do you think is going on? 
Yeah. So recruiting goals it have always been tough. My, my heart goes out to the recruiters on all branches of service. Uh, you're selling the intangible idea of selfless service and community service and whatnot, and ultimately giving up your life, right? Um, the reason that more likely they're, they're struggling is there's different, bigger alternatives now for the younger youth and also the workforce. They can make X amount of money doing technology or cybersecurity or medical or whatever. Um, the bigger thing is to sell them on the idea of, hey, this is for the country. God, God, country, and glory. And also without lowering the standards, you can't lower the standards um, just to get numbers in. It doesn't make any sense. What I see happening is just, you know, we're on a new dawn of an era and, you know, the old war is still needed. The old guys like myself are needed. Um, and it's just, you know, some of the younger generation or the other generations uh, have failed to um, rise to the occasion. So I think we'll probably see a lot of longer duration of retention side of the house, you know, people staying in for 35 years at the most and just continue being that amazing American warfighter. Really insightful conversation. Rico Danielson, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. More ticker news right after this.